0: Hello, Canada. Today's date is June 20, was it 26th? 27th today, 2021. And it is Tony here in Saskatchewan with gratitude for three words, central air conditioning.
1: And it's Lewis out here in BC and you don't know what hot is.
0: (laughs) That is very, very true. We'll get into that right away. Um, Thank you for joining us, Canada, and welcome to a special full edition of Canadian Common Sense, 45 minutes of unedited, unscripted, and so far uncensored commentary on Canada's issues. So far. So far uncensored, (laughs) yes. We had a lot of content on Wednesday's show that we just couldn't get to, so we decided that we would set aside some time today to bring the rest of that content to you. So... On the show today, we've got a lot of information on COVID that you won't hear on CBC. Canada Day celebrations, or sorry, Canada Day cancellations becomes a hashtag. What bills exactly did not make it into law and which ones did? Election is real, just a matter of when. And there's more. Where do you want to start, good sir?
1: Well, let's start with Canada Day, since that's coming up here pretty quick. Um, we've had several cities added to the list of uh, Canada Day cancellations. And um, it's funny because the people that I see most uh, who, who, who are on the soapbox preaching cancel Canada Day are, uh, are white. And... Um, I don't see a whole lot of Indigenous people uh, calling for the cancellations. In fact, the chief of the uh, to, uh, Kamloops Indian Band uh, is, is saying don't cancel Canada Day. Use it as a teaching day or a, uh, and to unite Canadians and Indigenous people together. And uh, like like I said on the last show, if there's a city in this country that has the excuse to cancel Canada Day, it's Kamloops, and they're not.
0: Yeah, that, that that's interesting. I mean, the chief for. Um... There was recently a discovery at the Cowessess First Nation at East of Regina, which has made the news because there's a potential of over 700 unmarked graves. And again, say potential, and I'm glad you brought that up on our last show, Lewis, that until we actually start digging, we don't know a number. So I'll say potential 751, I believe it was, unmarked graves. But even Chief DeLorme and Cowessess had said that perhaps it should be a day of reflection. And... Bobby Cameron, who is chief of the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations, which uh, used to be the Federation of Saskatchewan Indian Nations, they changed their name, and uh, they're essentially the council that governs 74 First Nations of Saskatchewan. Bobby Cameron quite often says some pretty inflammatory stuff, but he actually nailed it out of the park, in my opinion. He was on the news on Friday, and he had said, what he wants from the Catholic church is obviously an apology, but he said, come and be part of the healing with us. Come out to Cowessess or or any of the, these locations where, where there's been graves found to so just come on out and lead us in a prayer service and join us in, in healing. And that was, that was all he asked for. And I thought that's actually exactly what this country needs. Yeah. And
1: honestly, um, here in the Okanagan, we've had four Catholic churches being uh, burnt to the ground um, since all of this. And so, in two weeks, we've had we've had four Catholic churches burnt to the ground on the, uh, Indian reserves. And they're all on different Indian reserves, and uh, which makes me believe that this is not an indigenous person who's doing this Um, this is, I I believe that I I believe we're going to find out that when when we find out who this arsonist is, I believe we're going to find out that this person is white and uh, who, uh, you know, typically it's typical of white woke liberals to um, take offense for other races because they don't know that they should be offended um and they uh and so they do the retribution they take retribution for them they you know they get offended for them and uh take matters into their own hands for them because they are the actual racists they're the ones who don't believe that the ones that are being uh they 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 don't believe that those that indigenous people are actually smart enough or intelligent enough to realize that they're, that they're being uh, oppressed or whatever. And they, and they do it on, they, they take it into their own hands. It's, it's uh, really quite sad. And, uh, and if, you know, if it is an indigenous person who's doing it, you know, I, I understand the sentiment. Um, I don't, I don't agree with the action um but i believe i truly do believe that we're going to find out that this person's white
0: yeah and you, i think you had brought that up but i don't think you brought it up in the last show but i think you brought it up when you and i were talking and i i think you're absolutely right i'm gonna i'm willing to bet that that is the case and you know that it's really funny because you're right i mean these guilty white liberals are arrogant enough to think that oh you don't realize that you're you're being oppressed you don't realize that this is offensive to you so i'm going to take offense on your behalf and you nail it that how racist is that when you think that i need you to be offended for me because i'm too dumb to realize it that, that i'm being offended i mean give me a break yeah,
1: yeah and, and you I mean you see this a lot in the u.s in u.s politicians where um Black Republicans are re- on a regular basis called Uncle Toms, um, because apparently all black people are supposed to think exactly the same way. Um, and and if you're a black Republican, then you're a traitor to your race. Uh, that's that's a very, very common occurrence in, in the U.S. politics. And uh, we, we have something very similar to that in Canada. Uh, but it's not not quite at the level that it is in the states in that in those terms but um but we do have that here in canada where you have uh political pundits or 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 just the general public who actually you know consider minority uh voters or minorities who who run for office for conservative parties to be race traders
0: Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. That does happen. Yeah. Thankfully it happens. Well, it doesn't happen as bad here as in the United States, but so just so we know Canada to add to the list of Canada, Day cancellations, we can now add Belleville, Ontario to the list. We can add St. John and Fredericton, New Brunswick to the list. And the last article I read had reached out to the cities of Regina and Saskatoon who had not returned comment yet. And this is just, it's spiraling out of control. I mean, it's, uh, it already begun with with a lot of the taking down of statues of of Sir John A. MacDonald, the statue of Egerton Ryerson was tore down in front of Ryerson university. And I don't know necessarily the, the end game for these guilty white liberals. And it's just, but I know they're not going to stop at just canceling Canada today. If we, if, Justin Trudeau came out and said, Okay, Canada Day is officially canceled all across Canada. They would just move on to the next thing. I don't know what that next thing would be, but mean I uh, it just seems like they there's no end. Like I wish I knew their end game.
1: No, it's right, it's because it's all about power. And as soon as they get what what they want, then they're like, Oh, oh, I like this feeling. Uh, what else can we get canceled? And I mean, you've seen this time and time again, um, where they get one thing that they were asking for uh, because they basically beat the general public into submission and uh, and the general public just goes, you know in typical Canadian fashion, we shrug our shoulders and go, eh, whatever, and then they're on to the next thing um, that you know, and, and a lot and in a lot of these cases that the issues that they're that they're screaming about aren't even really issues and uh but they make them issues and it's it's quite um disheartening and it's it makes you really i don't know i mean you and i've talked about this before where it makes me makes me kind of think do i really want to be in this country in 20 years Um, when when I see the direction that things are going Um, but then you look around the world and you go where where the hell would I move because every other country is just as messed up or worse than we are and it's I mean you got the, the most powerful country in the world to the south of us being run by someone who's losing his mind because he's old and he's got you know he 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 can't even form a sentence or he whispers in the middle of uh news conferences um and, and can't form a full sentence um and then you've got here in Canada we've got this bumbling fool in in Ottawa where it, it's almost like the Americans said hey we want what the Canadians got and they elected Joe Biden um <laughs> it's it, it, it's. It, it, I don't know. There's just no leadership anywhere right now, and I mean, I hate to say this, but I mean, I'm not going to say I agree with anything Putin says or does, but he's a strong leader. He's just a bad guy, <laughs> but but he's a strong leader, and we yeah, don't have that. we don't have strong leaders. We've got the weakest leaders. I have ever
0: seen. Yeah, we really do, and uh, you know, you're right. Putin's crazy, but at least he is a he is a strong leader. So, uh, you know, or we've just got crazy weak leadership here. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of that leadership, uh, House of Commons officially wrapped up business on Wednesday, the twenty third, as we were publishing our last show. The Senate uh, has agreed to extend their session to work on a few bills that were slapped down in front of them on Wednesday. And uh, we'll talk about Pamela Wallen's comments in a minute because I think that's quite important. But here so far are laws that the Senate has passed before getting dumped on. And those are, and you'll know these well, Canada, because we've talked about them a lot, Bill C-48, the tanker ban, is now officially law, awaiting royal assent. I will, I guess I shouldn't say it's officially law. It hasn't got royal assent yet. And we're going to get to that one too, the <laughs> royal assent. But Bill C 48, the tanker ban, has passed the Senate. So that's step two to becoming law. Bill C 69, the no more pipelines bill. I don't know what it's officially called, but that's just what it really is. And Bill C 30, the budget implementation bill. Bill C-93, which I thought was important, that is the the bill that was to expedite pardons for people who were previously convicted of simple possession of cannabis. And Bill C-15, which was the bill to align Canadian law with UNDRIP. These have all now passed the Senate. Now, two that I'll point out that have not gone through the Senate yet are Bill C-10, the... uh, the censorship bill and bill c36 lewis that's the one you were trying to figure out the number of on our last show to um, which is going to amend the criminal code and canadian human rights law in regards to hate speech hate crimes etc now you would i believe it shared with me a uh, a tweet that pamela wallen had set out um essentially chastising the house for making the senate like seem like they're lapdogs
1: uh yeah, actually that wasn't me. Um, oh what,
0: oh what's that?
1: <laughs> no no, okay. uh, that's the first I've heard of that tweet. So um, okay, yeah no, but I mean I I don't disagree with her. I mean it, we we talked about this in the last show. Uh, the the Senate is is a rubber stamp for the most part. Um, I wish that they were elected. Be do the job they're there to do, which is to find fault in bills passed by the House of Commons um, to be a second uh, um, sober conscience for the Canadian government. Uh, so that they... And, and and the key to that would be representation for, for province, right? That every province had, say... You know, five senators, and because uh, you don't want it to be an equal number, because then you can end up in ties. Right, every, every province should have like five, five senators. That you can, you know, you can, so so that they're all equally represented, and that that way, the legislation once it gets passed through the House of Commons by, you know, what could be a majority government that's only representing thirty six percent of the country uh you know they can protect the other 64 percent of the country from minority rule you know like minority mob rule and that's kind of what the senate is supposed to be but because it's not elected and because it's not equal uh that's that's not what it does and um I'm still on the Reform Party bandwagon in that the, the one of the, the most important things in Canadian government that needs to be reformed is the Senate.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, Pamela Wallen, actually, she's a senator from Saskatchewan, and she was she used to be... Uh, I can't remember if she was on CTV, but she used to be a journalist. Yeah. And, and, and um, yeah, in this tweet, she had... of chastised the house for saying that effectively you know we're coming to the end of our session and now you've dumped all this legislation on us and just expect us to to rubber stamp it for you and no we are not just a rubber stamp and she kind of dressed them down a little bit and i uh i thought good for you miss wallen like she uh she let him have it and when you can talk about senate elections when uh she was appointed by stephen harper and (laughs) when He talked about potentially electing senators. Pamela Wallen, instead of you know rejecting the idea, just said, Okay, well, let's look into it. And then she started reading some of the precedents that had been done in Alberta before and she said, Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm ready, let's uh let's go for the election thing. And of course, that never happened, but I give her credit that at least she was you know all for it,
1: yeah. And um, I mean. And speaking of tweets, um, Minister Barrett.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good. Glad you're getting this up.
1: Yeah, she decided to tweet out to uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould because Jody Wilson-Raybould criticized the government for uh, potentially heading to an early fall election. Um and uh, Minister Barrett, I'm I'm just her first name has slipped my mind. Carolyn um, Bennett. Carolyn Bennett. Carolyn Bennett. She is a she's a senior cabinet minister. She she's been around for a long long time, and um she made a a tweet back to Wilson, Jody Wilson-Raybould suggesting that her concern over the uh you know potential um ma- you know mass graves and and stuff uh and all the other legislation that the government is trying to pass is all rooted in the fact that she wants just a few more months in office so that she qualifies for her pension
0: yeah i saw that cuz yeah she had texted her just one one word pension and that's really, yeah. it's really, you know, like that shows no class on Carolyn Bennett's part, but at the it same time. shows
1: she's completely tone deaf too.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And uh, I do question though for, if, if we as a not, not we, not you and I, but as in the media in general, are making a little bit more hay out of it than, than what's there. Because now, of course, it's, it's oh, it's racist, it's misogynist, and they're further trying to Push Jody Wilson-Raybould down, and I thought, I don't know if it's that much of it, or if she was just trying to call her greedy and opportunist. But, but of course, the leftists will read into it as much filth as they can, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it. And, and the thing is, is that it's Jody Wilson-Raybould who first suggested that it was misogynist and racist. Yeah. Um, I, and, and this is where. You know, you remember when, when this whole thing went down with her and Trudeau over SNC-Lavalin? And you, you and I both heard conservatives all across the country saying, please cross the floor to the conservatives. We need more people like you. And you and I were the first ones to be standing up going, no, 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 no. She is a dyed-in-the-wool liberal. We do not want her because right. she stood up and had some cojones and she, uh, I, you know, had, had some ethics does not mean that she's a conservative. And the fact that she continues to play victim all the time, it's always about race. It's always about her being a woman. Um, it's like, I, I don't understand how we you know I, there's no way I would have wanted that in the in in the conservative party and uh, and I've been super critical of of other people in the conservative party for for playing victim because of sex before as well and 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 I'm looking at you Michelle Rempel um, it's th- this is. Uh, th- this this whole thing here is a perfect example of why I'm not a Jodie Wilson-Raybould fan. Because she continues to uh, immediately call people misogynist or racist just because they oppose something or criticize her in any way. And do I think Carolyn Bennett's tweet was was appropriate? Hell no. I think it was incredibly insensitive and incredibly stupid. Because it's public record now, um, and it just makes Carolyn Bennett look like an idiot, and uh, and, and completely insensitive to you know to what Jodie Wilson Raybould is talking about. But that does not make her a racist or a misogynist. And here's the thing: this is the this is a new thing that's happening where women are calling women misogynists, and. Where uh, you know, where minorities are calling other minorities racist and stuff like that. I mean Carolyn Bennett's not a minority, she's white, but uh, but it, it, it's something that we've been seeing a lot lately, where um, where liberals are calling like white liberals are calling or sorry, minority liberals are calling minority conservatives racist, or female liberals are calling, uh, female conservatives, misogynist, and, and and I don't understand how how nobody's calling them out on this because it's it's obviously not true, and it's and it's ridiculous on its face to be calling people you know saying that people hate themselves. It's like it's like Caitlyn Jenner is being called a transphobe right now because <laughs> she she doesn't believe that people. That, that, that trans women should be allowed to compete against uh, 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 naturally born women and and Caitlin Jenner should know because as a man she was the the the, the world's greatest athlete in the 1984 Olympics <laughs> if anybody should know about physiology and and the the physical capabilities of men versus women, it's 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 Caitlyn Jenner. And Caitlyn Jenner is a trans person, a trans woman, and is being called a transphobe by straight, cisgendered women. So I'm just, this whole thing, it's it just, everybody's a goddamn victim and it's pissing me off. And it's like, you know what? make your argument based on, on, on facts and on, um, you know, coherent arguments instead of just throwing labels out there because those labels are super damaging and uh, can ruin people's lives. And it's not fair. And Carolyn Bennett, though, an idiot and, uh, and, a, and a, an insensitive moron, um. I don't believe is racist or a misogynist i just think she's a dumbass and shouldn't be in office anyway
0: that's exactly right i mean the, the dumbass and shouldn't be in office and i think what it is and i've heard this talked about in uh, u.s politics is just the left is starting to eat their own because they're running out of victims and I find that part of it really amusing but at the same time it's uh, you my my eyes roll so hard they almost disappear sometimes.
1: Oh it's scary. It's scary because that you you the woke can't be woke enough. There's nobody that's woke enough. And so the woke is going after themselves now. Yeah. I mean, exactly. It, it's, yeah. It, it, it's it's entertaining to watch but it's super scary because I mean my kids are telling me what's being said in the classroom. And this and this kind of goes to the whole uh, uh, how the city of Vancouver is now going to allow 16-year-olds to vote in civic election. And the the provincial NDP and Green Party is in full support, and they're trying to pass a law, MPC provincial uh, uh, law, that will allow uh, 16-year-olds to vote in a provincial election. And it's like, And the BCTF, the BC Teachers Federation, is in full support of this. Well, no crap they're in full support of this. If you saw the, the, I I almost used a cuss word, (laughs) Um, if you saw the crap that the teachers are pushing in our classrooms right now, it would blow your mind and scare the hell out of you because my kids, I got one that just finished grade ten, and one that just finished grade seven, and the stuff that the teachers are telling them in class is horrific. My son had a teacher come into his classroom after this discovery in Kamloops, and and announced to the class that all that that churches are all genocidal organizations. Wow. My son, with three days left of school in grade seven, came in and played, they, they gave a trans uh, um, lesson in class and had a video played in class called The Five-Year-Old Trans Girl. And my son said it was h- h- hilarious watching the teacher try to explain to the students that there are kids out there who don't feel norm. Oh, wait, that's not the word to use. Uh, <laughs> he, he said, because the teacher kept starting to use the word normal and kept stopping herself and couldn't find a word to describe exactly what it is she was trying to say. And she was stumbling and bumbling and, and, <laughs> He said it was actually quite hilarious watching this happen. But yes, it's kind of hilarious, but it's scary because this is the stuff they're teaching in, in class right now. And my daughter was told before the last federal election in her social studies class that the conservative party were all homophobes by a teacher. I, I mean could, uh, this is the kind of crap that they're teaching in, in in school and they want to lower the age to 16 to vote
0: yeah well I mean we know there's a political agenda behind that because so, they'll vote for the leftist parties exactly
1: exactly but it's it's so scary because you know when you hear people say that that school is an indoctrination into the left um, and everybody kind of rolls their eyes and Goes oh, they're conspiracy theorists or or oh god, like what's your problem, right? Like it's not that bad, but yeah, no, it is that bad. In fact, it's worse than what I thought.
0: Yeah, no, good point. Um, yeah, and the words white and privilege so often intertwined through a lot of the lessons in school. Oh my god, do they too. ever? Yeah, do they
1: ever. Holy, yeah.
0: So it'll be mean, no wonder there's so much momentum for Canada Day cancellations and cancellations in general because it's activism. You
1: know? Yep. Absolutely. And the teachers are acting like activists and it's and it's scary, scary stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're gonna jump into to the the big topic du jour and I'm actually kind of glad we didn't get to the Wuhan virus in our last show, because you would put me on to a, a Joe Rogan podcast where he had a couple and an um, environmental biologist, I think believe it was, and another evolutionary doctor biologist. Evolutionary yep. biologist, thank you. And so, yeah, now that actually is something else we can intertwine into the the story here. So, the comic relief part of this this uh segment is the chinese government nominated the wuhan Biological institute for awards in excellence in innovation and research <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and i can tell you exactly why they're doing that it's to because they think in their communist minds that if they if they nominate this lab for awards That people will just go, oh no, it couldn't have come from there.
0: That's right. Look, look, they're being nominated for excellence. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: no, it's 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 it's, the Chinese government does some things sometimes where you just go, really? (laughs)
0: Really? Do you
1: think we're five years old that we're going to believe that? And yet,
0: a lot of people do. Well, I think also on their list of nominees was probably the Winnipeg Microbiology Lab, but um, we're going to (laughs) get to that, too. Yeah. (laughs) So, the Wuhan lab leak theory, as as it's being called, and, boy, were we ever criticized for supporting the idea that this virus came from a lab a year and a half ago. It's starting to look like we're not conspiracy theorists anymore. Now, I had brought up in a rant... uh, probably a week and a half or two weeks ago about my rationale about the, the double CGG strain that was it exists in the current virus that does not occur in nature. So there was, there was that father. Uh, okay. So it must be, must be lab related. And then it turns out that there was two Chinese scientists working at the Winnipeg microbiology lab who were fired last year. And, reason that they were fired is one of the scientists actually had applied for uh, i'm not sure if it was vaccine patents or if it was research patents in china and that of course was against the rules for for you know, canadian research but it also turns out that they sent virus samples of ebola for example and i believe one was hepatitis and there was another one as well but they had actually sent these virus samples to of all places, the Wuhan Virological Laboratory. Now, this led to obviously these two being fired, marched out with all of their their, uh, international students from China and that's something we're going to hit on a little later in this segment as well. And Ian Stewart, who is the head of the Public Health Agency of Canada became the first non-parliamentarian in over 100 years to be found in contempt of parliament, dressed down for not bringing uh, unredacted documents to, to parliament. And again, liberal speaker of the house, Anthony Rhoda. Good on you. He, he dressed down Mr. Stewart up, down and all around for, uh, for his contempt. I don't know that there's any punishment for it but what the hell is going on?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're obviously trying to hide something. Right. I, I don't think there's any question about that whatsoever. They're trying to hide something. Um, what it is, even I'm not sure about that. Um,
0: well, let's take the next step on that one. Then um, okay. there is a, you know, this came from an article in uh, red state, which is an uh, American publication. Jennifer Van Laar, in case you want to look it up out there in a, in Canadian common sense land. There was a Chinese counterintelligence official named Dong Jingwei who uh, recently came to the United States to, air quotes, visit his daughter in California. And her report is he, once in California, defected to the United States and has spilled a crap ton of information including many Chinese nationals who are currently students in American universities are actually communist party of China spies, or sorry, Chinese communist party spies. And the, the tie in with the, the students here, as I thought, CSIS reported a couple of years ago that there are no less than 1000 Chinese spies in Canada I wonder if perhaps Chinese international university students in Canada may also be on that list that Dong Wei has been handing to the United States.
1: Well, that's entirely possible. I mean, we know that there's Communist Party of China um, you know, members that are in high-up positions in corporations and governments around the world. And that, that list was actually leaked uh god what was that last fall
0: and yeah quite a while ago yeah
1: and uh i've yet to hear of any of those people losing their jobs
0: nope that's right and uh what do we always say but there's more dong jing wei also revealed to uh i guess would, would it be the cia i guess um that the Wuhan biological Virological institute is indeed a, a bio warfare research facility, among other things. Flashback now to a show we did in April of 2020, when I posed the question to you, Louis: Do you think that the release of the of the virus from Wuhan was biological warfare? At the time, you had said, "Well, yes, uh, on their own citizens," but when we see that. Dr. Zhu Zen applied for a vaccine patent for COVID in February 2020, you know, February becoming before March when the pandemic was declared, we think hmm, so if you're going to release a bioweapon, you probably want to be able to vaccinate your own people for it. And if you're obviously researching a vaccine before it's even declared as a pandemic, I wonder if they knew something that we didn't.
1: Oh, you think? Um, We also had the Canadian government enter into a vaccine program with the Chinese government um, without, you know, talking to any other vaccine manufacturer. They went straight to China and made a deal with the Chinese government to help in development of their vaccine, which the Chinese government actually reneged on. Um, which put us behind the eight ball trying to get vaccines from other manufacturers because we put all our eggs in one basket. And, uh, and anybody with half a brain would know that putting your, all your eggs in the China basket is not is a, a fool's errand.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: But, but our government did that.
0: They did. And, um, and I thought, well, you know, we should probably try and, and see what Dr. Zhu had to say once the pandemic was, had started Oh, well, but we can't do that because because Doctor Zhu actually died inexplicably in May of 2020. That is not convenient. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: this this seems to happen a lot when it comes to um, people with information about important people <laughs> or important yeah. organizations. Uh, uh, here's looking at you, Clintons. Um, yeah. <laughs> It seems like uh, I mean we. I mean, look at John. Um, John McAfee was just offed. Um I mean, he people are claiming it was suicide, but he actually had tweets for what a couple of years saying, "I will not kill myself. If I die, it's because I was murdered." Yeah. Um, and then he comes up, suicided. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to believe the words of the man who died rather than anybody else's. Um, oh, exactly. And, uh, but you see this a lot, uh, you know, with people connected to the Clintons with, uh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein with and now with this guy, this Chinese doctor that, that uh, I believe he, he really, he was the one who released the uh, DNA sequence, right. Of the, uh, of the virus
0: online. Um that I'm not sure about I, but I know that I know the one you're talking about I'm not I'm not sure if they're the same guy but that guy m- must not be because that one mysteriously died of covid so they actually released he Oh that's what right died yeah, of. And died, yeah and died died back in february yeah so
1: so, so yeah they're, they're two different people yeah yeah so yeah I so, know um, it's uh, interesting but yeah now now since we're on the topic of of uh, covid and you brought up that uh, Joe Rogan podcast that I that I uh, I uh, sent over to you to listen to.
0: Yeah, let's do that.
1: Yeah, we we have been uh, the, the, the the two people that were on that episode. Um, one was uh, Brett Weinstein, who is a evolutionary biologist, and you've heard me talk about him on the show before because he's the evolutionary biologist that said that uh, on the on the Joe Rogan podcast last May that scope it's quite obvious that the that COVID is not a natural virus, that it was manipulated in a lab. And he was saying that more than a year ago, like, and he is, you know, he should know. He's an evolutionary biologist. He looks at these things under microscopes a lot. And he could tell just just by looking at it. This is this has been manipulated in a lab. It had characteristics that are that do not naturally occur. And uh he said other things about, you know, without even looking under at it under a microscope, he said it, it had him very uh uh, you know, concerned immediately that this wasn't a naturally occurring virus because it didn't even act like a natural occurring virus. It, you know, it could take up to two decades for a virus to jump from one species to another and then figure out how to jump or, or to other, it just spread to other members of that species. And he said this virus did it in weeks and jumped so if it really came from bat it jumped from bat to human and around the world in a matter of months and he said that's not possible no virus in the history of viruses has ever done that
0: and um,
1: and and he said so just the fact that it did that should have piqued the curiosity of most scientists around the world but he said we all believed the narrative coming out of the WHO. And he said, there's, there's a few scientists that didn't believe it, but they've all been silenced. Um, anytime they have put videos out on YouTube, they've been taken down. Um, Twitter has taken down their, their tweets, everything. Um, so the thing with Brett Weinstein is that he was on this show on the Joe Rogan podcast episode one, six, seven, one, uh, with, uh, Dr. Oh, geez. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, Dr. Corey, I believe. And I'm trying I to remember it. his last name. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh Dr. Pierre Corey. So he was on this episode with Dr. Pierre Corey, who is an ICU doctor who has been dealing with COVID patients for a year and a half now, and he's he said that they have been treating patients with ivermectin, which is an antiparasitic drug that is also an antiviral drug, and it's one of the safest drugs to ever have been produced by humans. It, it is a extremely safe drug with little to no side effects. And they've been treating patients
0: in the ICU
1: and within 48 to 60 hours, these people are walking out.
0: Yeah, and I thought that was really amazing. And um, and he didn't just throw that out there as a red herring. I mean, he, you know, there was actual... Proof that this was happening. He said the people were on ventilators. And, you know, even from the ventilator to walking out, you know, 48 hours, he said 12 to 24 hours, they were already seeing, you know, signs of recovery. And so, I mean, when I first started listening to it, my immediate reaction was, why am I only hearing about this now? Yeah.
1: And I mean, I had heard about it in the past, but you were seeing um debunking videos and stuff like that and then these videos completely disappearing um because they were being labeled as uh disinformation uh but this doctor uh he if you go to i believe i believe the website is net, and it's uh It's a uh, website that he and several other ICU doctors have put together as a nonprofit organization to um, educate people on ivermectin and its effects on COVID. And the fact that he said, this is a cure. And they aren't just saying this willy-nilly. They've got all the evidence, all the proof. It's all on the website. And they they presented it all on the episode with, with Joe Rogan. Um, the reason, they, they even gave reasons why they believe that it's being uh, you know covered up and they said it's because uh, and, and I think there's probably merit to this, In is that you can't declare an emergency for something that there's a cure for you can't uh, you can't so they can't push those agendas they can't change Society, they would the way they want to without declaring a state of emergency. Um, there's the fact that ivermectin is off patent, which means that any drug company can make it if they want. Uh, it's a generic drug now. There's no money to be made in, the, in, in curing COVID with ivermectin. Um, you can't produce vaccines for diseases that have a cure and these vaccines are making the drug companies billions hundreds of billions of dollars and so they've got to suppress this information or else why is anybody going to get vaccinated if there is a cure there's there's a number of different reasons why they believe that, these, uh, uh, that, they, that the, the fact that ivermectin is a cure is being covered up. Not only that, and here's the one that people, until you tell people this next bit of information, they still kind of look at me like, oh yeah, whatever, <laughs> you're a conspiracy theorist. Um, Robert Malone the scientist who created the mRNA vaccine technology has looked at the data and also agrees that ivermectin is a cure.
0: Well, yeah, and now they're not just basing this on their research, and I think it's important to point out that they had actually pointed to real-world studies. There was one province in India that out of desperation uh, use ivermectin and suddenly their case rate plummeted. There was within within
1: two weeks.
0: Right. Yeah. And then there was a country in Africa. I don't know if it was Zimbabwe. Um, They were badly in the South African variant at any rate. And same thing. They decided to administer ivermectin. Case numbers plummeted. Brazil, same thing. Argentina, Mm -hmm. same thing.
1: Mexico, Mexico, same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's there's there's definitely evidence out there that Ivermectin works. And you made the case, and I think I, I told you something about getting your tinfoil hat off when we were talking about it afterward, saying it's really more about profits than it was about medicine. And the more I've thought about it, the more I think, God, what what other angle would there be? to suppress this very cheap, plentiful and available drug, which is turned out to be a cure. Um, so I may have to put my tinfoil hat on because I don't know why else they would suppress this drug. Yeah. I mean,
1: it, it's, it's one of those things where you would think that any world leader would jump at the chance to say, Hey, we've got a cure and we didn't need to spend trillions of dollars finding it but it you got to remember especially like most most countries the governments and the leaderships they are their campaigns are funded by drug companies they're they're funded by large corporations and especially in the US so i mean like this is it, it's it's uh, I I believe that, it, that, that this is being suppressed because of corruption. Period. And uh, I mean, the, the you'll never see a world leader, you know, have a situation like this, and then say, you know, you know, other countries around the world are all using it to, you know, remove rights and freedoms from their from their citizens. They're using it to reshape society the way that they want to reshape it. And it's a lot easier to do that than through legislation that they have to debate for months on end and, and get reelected and all this kind of stuff. They can just do it overnight. And we've seen that in Canada. I mean, there's things that have changed overnight in Canada that, that, that uh, uh, nobody put up a fight about. And uh, and like I said, and we've and I've said this on the show before, and I've said this to friends of mine who who kind of you know get criticize me for my obsession with the Canadian government uh, removing our rights and freedoms over COVID. Um, and I and I say you know the one thing that one of the things that I do admire about a fight to the death to protect their rights and freedoms, whereas Canadians when the government takes a right or a freedom away from us, we just go, we shrug our shoulders and go, uh, whatever. Yep, yeah, yeah. exactly. And we've uh, and you, and seen that in Canada. I mean, whether it's the gun ban that happened overnight and is continuously adding to the list without telling anybody what those guns are. I mean, we've got thousands and thousands of, of Canadian firearm owners who who have no idea that they're criminals right now. And we've got because they've got guns that have been banned, but the government hasn't told anybody what those guns are. And it, but if you get caught with one, you're going to be arrested. And it's, it's, uh, and we've got other things too. I mean, all kinds of things where they've just reshaped society the way they want. And we've put up no fight. And you wouldn't be able to accomplish that if there was a cure. And, but the and the thing that the thing that really struck me with me is that you can always find reasons not to believe that that this is a cure. But when the man who created the mRNA vaccine technology that Pfizer and Moderna are using for this COVID vaccine, when even he says he looked at the data and said and came to the conclusion that. Ivermectin is a cure. Uh, you got to believe it.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm glad you used the word data. I've had this argument with with people in my my circle, and they say, "Oh, you know, we you got to follow the science. You got to follow the science." And so finally, I said, "I'm going to break this down into a really easily understood example for you, and that is that science at one time told us that the Earth was flat, and I said, but the data showed us that when a ship sailed off the edge of the horizon, it kept floating and didn't fall off the edge. So sometimes you got to say, okay, here's the science. Now let's wait and see what the data meets out. And now that we're seeing what the data meets out, it's getting harder and harder to justify the $45 per dose Pfizer shot, as opposed to the pennies pill for Invermectin or ivermectin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, like ivermectin is something that's extremely widely available too.
0: Uh, I mean,
1: ranchers use it uh, with cows, with cattle uh, to to fend off diseases, right? Um, and parasites. And I mean, like they they just have buckets of ivermectin, <laughs> just buckets of it. I, I know someone who has a ranch, and he just has he says he's got five gallon pails of this stuff. And, oh wow! Uh, so if if I ever get COVID and the doctor refuses to give me ivermectin because doctors are refusing to give ivermectin because the, uh, uh, especially in the States where the, uh, drug, like the, um, uh, what do you call it? The insurance companies are saying, are are instructing them not to give it. Uh, I'm just going to head out to my buddy's place. (laughs) 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 It's, it's like, Yeah, I mean, there's a cure, people. There is a cure. This is not theoretical.
0: Yep, absolutely right. But on that note, Canada, I see we're a little past our time today, but that's all right. We had a lot of information to bring to you and a lot we still didn't get to, but we'll have another show for you later this week, so we'll be able to get everything caught up at that point. So, Thank you so much for joining us. I know we threw a lot of material at you today, so hopefully some of that will sink in and we will touch more on that and more next time. So until then, it's Tony in Saskatchewan.
1: And Lewis out here in BC. Have a great weekend.
0: Well, so long, Canada. Louis Antony